Welcome to the Yellow Family Podcast with Tom and Michael. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. Tom and Michael back for another Yellow Family, the show that, just like Valentine's Day, is actually a ploy to make you forget the problems of your day-to-day life and spend money on things you don't need. That's nothing like our show at all, but we are back for another week of Simpsons goodness. Uh, Updates tonight on Project Combi, the ambitious project we launched last week. Making all kinds of waves on the social medias, Tom, with Project Combi, but as always, we're joined live in the studio by special guest, it's Miss Julia Sansoni. She's a writer and radio person here. And for the listeners at home, yes, Michael does just get all the guests uh, for the show, basically, just people he meets around Sin. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Julia, you've chosen this week's episode of the week, which is... Season 4, episode 15, I Love Lisa. That was the best one of those we've done. ever had. Tom, one sentence, please. Keep in mind, we're on a very high note here. Ralph falls in love with Lisa. That was one of your best ever, and it is all coming up over the next hour. It's the Yellow Family here on Sin with Tom and the Yellow Family with Tom and Michael, joined live in the studio by special guest Julia. Thank you for being on the show tonight. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. We always start the show with something a little bit off topic. We don't get straight into The Simpsons. I have to ease into it. Easing into it. And we did start a new segment last week, Julia. Not sure if you heard the show. I know you've heard some of the shows. I think you heard an episode that Luke, your boyfriend, was on, which we didn't realise. <laughs> I may have heard that one. That's Cannot a, confirm. That's a good one. Um, but Tom, what's the what's the new segment about? It's a new segment. Look, we realise that we're not always going to have a radio show, no. this platform, to speak our minds, yeah. um, talk about things that may irritate us. It's a segment that we like to call... It's my gripe! It's now or never! Not gonna have a radio show forever! It's my gripe, and it is now or never, Tom. It is now or never. We aren't (laughs) going to have a radio show forever. I've got the gripe of the week this week, guys, and I'd like to voice it to you, because it was quite a big concern here. And basically, little background on me, learning more about me on the show tonight. Sometimes we learn about Tom, sometimes we learn about me. I get my hair cut by a relative. Does a fantastic job all the time. And does me a does me a haircut for fifteen dollars. Good deal. Very good deal. <laughs> good cheap deal. For some reason this week, like my hair's really long at the moment. Really just wanted a haircut. She wasn't available at the time. And I just decided to go into a normal barber to get a haircut. Now, keep in mind, I've never had my haircut anywhere else, so I don't know how much a haircut usually costs. Oh, I no. thought thought 15 was normal. Every barber, we're in the $30 to $35 ballpark. That, that is the standard for yeah, a men's well, haircut. Well, so I found out, which is a huge issue. I'm, I'm planning a holiday at the moment, just throwing lots of money around. Don't have enough money for a haircut. Then it occurred, first of all, if you are a hairdresser or you work in hair... Write us in, and I sh- I'm sure there's a reason, but why does it cost that much money to cut my hair? I remember a couple of years ago, it was I was paying 25 for a haircut at a barber, not yeah. just a family barber friend. being the adult, adult word for <laughs> The adult version of a hairdresser. <laughs> Julia, how much is a, is a woman's cut? Now, guys, why I emphasize the whole the dilemma. Yeah. Um, but women don't need to get their hair cut as much. Oh, well... There's a whole lot of different elements that come into play. Now, they always try to sell you... Um, Hair treatment. Uh, upsell. An upsell, that's <laughs> right. And, upsell and do you want an, a $1 apple pie with the haircut as well? <laughs> Basically. Why so um, they don't tell you how much it is. You think, yeah, this is a good idea. You can come out of the salon. Your hair's flowing in the breeze. It's feeling <laughs> soft and beautiful. And you come out and it, you've spent an extra 70 bucks on a hair treatment. Ooh. And it's like, has my hair literally been coated in God's tears? I need to know. Exactly. When you say an extra 70 bucks. So the 70 bucks <laughs> is not just for the cutting of the hair. The 70 There's bucks added is, on. Yep, on top of um, what I'd say would be close to maybe $100. Yeah. So, so here was the thing I came up with. And keep in mind, I would never do this, but it did cross my mind. Is it possible to steal a haircut? <laughs> 
I don't think it's a big industry. No? I don't think thieves are saving money by stealing haircuts. Now, I think I have a good idea for this one. I want to speak to your manager. Just be that person all the time. Get your haircut. Ask be like, for that one. You know what? I'm really just not happy with this service. Well, that's what I thought. Like, if you steal from a grocery store or something, they can chase you down. They'll get that salami back. But if you, if, if you run out of a hairdresser without paying for the haircut, they've got one or two options. Chase you down and either shave your head or then I guess just force you to pay it. But then in saying that, they know the exact specifications of what you look like. Yes, um, a That's woman true. running around the centre has just had a perm done. She's got an N72 red-coloured hair. Um, head circumference of around... Basically. <laughs> so um, you won't be able to unrot the clothes. Write us in if you're a hairdresser. A, has anyone done a Has anyone ever done a run. cut and run? <laughs> B... How? Why? Where do you base the amount of money that you charge for a haircut? Anyway, we got a lot more on. interested in the cut and run stories. That's my gripe for this week, Julia. Thank you so much for being on the show. This is where we throw to the guests on the show each week and just ask, "What's your history with The Simpsons as a series, and why did you choose this week's episode of the week, which is I Love Lisa, a very, very good episode?" Okay, guys. Well, I think this episode just really has a lot of quintessential Simpsons elements. There's a heap of gags that are just iconic. You've got like these really good relationship between... I really like the character sort of in development on Ralph because we just get little bits of him throughout the seasons. Yeah. And there's just these little gags of Ralph being Ralph and you really get this development of, okay, who is Ralph? What is he about? You know, what's his life story? Why is he sticking a shot to his head with glue? Where's that crayon really gone? I need to know all these answers. A really good discussion on Ralph in this episode. Really good um, perception of him. But did you... I'm guessing you're similar to a lot of our guests. In fact, probably maybe 99% of the guests in that you watched The Simpsons on TV as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. I binge-watched it when my parents went home because... So you weren't allowed to... Wasn't didn't approve allowed. of The Simpsons watching? My parents were Bad you know, influence. a little bit wary of it, so I used to hop on over to my grandma and my uncle's house and I'd watch it there on classic Channel 10 at 6pm. So. Are you allowed to watch it now or are you still banned? Because <laughs> I'm still banned. I'm not allowed to watch it. I feel like I'm a bit of a lost cause now, so I think... <laughs> They've given up. You know what? You just, just go and watch it. You can't go you any wrong. Yeah, that's right. So, so the episode of the week is I Love Lisa. Tom... There's a lot of work that goes into the show. There is. Hours of work, yeah. I guess. I, you take, I'm not around for most of it. You but. take care of the next part, which is, like, I... When we were meeting and running through this before the show with Julia, I said, this is probably the boringest part of the show, <laughs> uh, but you, you do do it well every I think week. I make it fun. Yeah, which is... Uh, um, we, we should have a segment sweeper for this segment. Maybe we'll get onto that next week. But it's Tom's, Tom's basic episode facts. That's the heading. You always spin it into Tom's fun facts. But please, the Here basic facts are. about I Love Lisa. All right. I Love Lisa. First aired February 11th, 1993. Uh, back in season four, one of the earlier episodes we've actually reviewed. Yeah. Uh, written by Frank Mueller. His name is. Uh, he's written actually only three episodes of The Simpsons. We had The, the Last Temptation of Homer, which is the Mindy ep. Um and Faith Off, which I think is a later season 11 one, where Bart thinks he has healing powers. Testify. He- <laughs> that one? <laughs> I think so. Featured the circus couch gag, which goes on for a solid, like, a minute, I think, which I hated as a child, because it just one took up the- so much time. One of the more iconic couch-, couch gags, I think you'd agree. It always sort of spins me. There's always something new coming out of it, I think. Yeah, Michael Carrington was a guest star as one of the... A guest star, which I forgot about this character completely, Rex. Yeah. He's seen very shortly. Um, he auditions for the 
role of George Washington is beaten by Ralph because... Because the episode <laughs> circulates around the school play, right? Rex auditions for George Washington. One-off The best student. actor. Without a doubt, grade. the best actor. Um, and Michael Carrington also voices Sideshow Raheem. Um, yeah, one of your favourites. <laughs> two one-off characters in this episode that are just I completely forgot about. The episode was inspired by actually a personal event from Al Jean's school life when a girl gave him a Valentine's Day card, similar to the one uh, Ralph gave Lisa. And uh, it's got references to the Abraham Lincoln assassination. Um, Bart pretends to be the Terminator. Classic Simpsons gag, I think. And there was also one of Skinner's famous Vietnam War flashbacks, uh, which parodied the scene from Apocalypse Now, and the writers actually they received a fair bit of criticism or just feedback. From, yeah, because I think they it, get them from every one of these scenes they put in. It basically showed a vet being shot, and like, which is quite a like gruesome kind of thing and quite a touchy kind of thing. So I think a lot of people were a little bit upset that they included it. First, like, impressions of this episode, watching it back, just really briefly before we go to the song, what did you guys think? I think the major point is when Ralph's heart literally rips in half and I really like the way that <laughs> it sort of reverted back through the TV so you travel through time and then yeah. you hear that iconic part that Bart plays back that clip and you really just feel for Ralph, I think. I feel like everyone has either been in the situation of Lisa or Ralph. So it's a very relatable episode. I hadn't seen this episode in a long time, so I really enjoy watching it back. Ralph's transformation after he gets his heart broken in that final scene where he's actually playing George Washington and everyone's just in love with him. Yeah, a really weird way to end it, but I loved it. Guys, lots to talk about about I Love Lisa. It's the Yellow Family here on Sin with Tom and Michael. Still joined live in the studio by Julia Sansoni. Haven't had a walkout on the show ever, which we are still very, very thankful for. Yeah, absolutely, because it would be so awkward if a guest walked out, like, midway through the show. We can say they had something up, but yeah. (laughs) Just make up an excuse. (laughs) Tom, you usually here have another fact. Yeah, I keep one just... Up my sleeve, yeah. just if you ever need it, is which it we like, normally do. Is it like the best fact, like the fact that you think is the <laughs> it's best? It's one that I think is the best, Because one that I get the good. most out of. Yeah. <laughs> Before this episode, Ralph and Chief Wiggum actually were never confirmed as being related. This was actually the first episode where Ralph was confirmed as Chief Wiggum's son. Um, it was pretty much because Al Jean liked the idea of them both being related. They kind of looked the same. In Al Jean's words, they were both fat and dumb. It's pretty funny that they weren't like originally conceived as being father and son, because they are so similar as well. Obviously, Ralph in I Love Lisa is one of the biggest characters and well, it really does revolve around him and it's his first real chance to shine. So I thought it would be worth unpacking Ralph and we have done unpacks on a bunch of characters in the show, including Mr Burns, Apu and such. Julia, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think about Ralph. You're looking nervously at the sheet of paper in front of you. Just just speak from your heart. Like, What do you think about Ralph in this episode? Just starting off, going back to what you said about the whole Chief Wiggum and Ralph, I suppose, conspiracy theory (laughs) that was running. Um, It's really interesting that Ralph has such an innocent and sort of, although he despite his problems, like, well-natured. You know, he could have a son, because he's got a lot of violent tendencies, Chief Wiggum. He's obviously in the episode <laughs> shooting a peanut to open it just and just show, demonstrating... Let that be a lesson to the other nuts. <laughs> basically. So it's interesting to see that he didn't, his son didn't sort of end up growing up a character like, say, Nelson, for example, who kind of, like, resembles a similar type of not being able to deal with your emotions or dealing with anger properly. Yeah, so, that's a really, yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And what I really gleaned from this episode when watching it back, because again, Tom and I watched them together and we don't, like, we are, I haven't seen this in such a long time. Ralph is so different in this to how I perceived him, especially in the later seasons. Yeah, because we saw that in this episode and at this time of seasons one to seven or so, yeah. he's very much, he's a lot more, he's just a child. He's doing childish things, like... Think about yeah, the, the opening to the Simpsons movie when Ralph is in the 20th Century Fox singing the, the <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's how I always remember Ralph. But in this, like, he's definitely portrayed as being a little bit less intelligent than all the other students, but he's still, like, quite 
capable, whereas in the other episodes, yeah, he's, he's just... Kid. Yeah, he's incapable of doing basic things. Like, Ralph just seems to be this really, like, less intelligent but normal kid at school that's kind of struggled. And I thought it was really interesting to go back to that. I guess when you look at him in, like, a school setting where he's in the classroom and sort of not being able to do those basic kind of skills, like drawing or finding his crayon... Using but then scissors. Just... when he moves to somewhere like the stage, he obviously outshines and, and is just the absolute star of the show. So I guess it's interesting looking at the way that The Simpsons portray, you know, the school system and ways and like... that, you know, Ralph might be a little bit dumb or a little bit slow to learn in a classroom setting, but then somewhere on a stage where he's literally got a professional standard of performance and people are crying over his, you know, his fake death. And on... we, won't, we won't forget that this is the most extravagant school play that has ever been put that's on. Right. Oh, there's so much stuff there going is, on in this. Maybe that's another comment on the, the education system <laughs> in America that, like, for some reason this school play has clearly had thousands and thousands of dollars shoveled into exactly. it. They've got moving and working Mount Rushmore statues yeah. that mouths move and sing. <laughs> But they're trying to sell 50-cent orange juice, yeah. orange drink. <laughs> Watered so. down. It just seems like the biggest like farce to, to ever occur. And like in this whole episode, Ralph just really speaks with a lot of like motivation and a lot of structure and dignity, whereas in other episodes, he just... like The best example I could think of this was the me-fail-English-that's-unpossible gag, which is a very, <laughs> very funny gag. But that's com- I reckon Ralph in that episode is a completely different Ralph to the one you see in this episode. Um, and Super Nintendo Chalmers is another reference to this. Like In other episodes, he just doesn't understand basic structure and that kind of thing of sentences. Yeah, in this episode, he's a lot more childish. He cries when Lisa dumps him. He's just a kid who's trying his best to get this girl to like him. He asks his dad, what can I do to get this girl to like me? Yeah. And he gets quite terrible a, advice. A funny scene. <laughs> yeah. There's another Ralph-centric episode a little bit later. I'm pretty sure it's season nine, and it's called This Little Wiggy. That's where Bart and, Le- Bart and Ralph become friends, and Bart sleeps over at Ralph's house and finds the police master key. And in that episode, you also get a really nice development of Ralph where Bart's like this daredevil who wants to break into all these buildings and Ralph's really upset and feels really sad that Bart's sort of betraying him or yeah, using him in this way. It. With the education system, regularly he's um, ignored by Miss Hoover. And a teacher wouldn't say That's that really to a true, student. Actually. Like, oh, you know, the children are right to laugh at you, Ralph. The children are right <laughs> to laugh at you. Like, you'd never say that to a kid. Uh, continuing with the episode, though, Valentine's Day is a big thought. And one of the big things that I said to Tom while we were watching is like, what school would allow like kids to exchange Valentines anonymously to each other? <laughs> Just a terrible idea. Especially in co-ed education. Like did this like we went to we went to single sex schools. Did you go to a co ed school? I went to a co ed school. Would was this Valentine's Day a big ever? deal? Oh absolutely not. I mean Considering the fact we are in Australia, it might be a little bit different. Um, and as you said at the beginning of the show, it's sort of this reason to sort of promote consumerism and give each other <laughs> gifts. But my little <laughs> especially the the level of you know teaching or schooling that they're at, you just get notes that say like "I love poop." Get, <laughs> like children can't especially, formulate yeah. like a written letter saying of love. I have genuine feelings for you. I'd probably be like, "What is going on in my head? You this smell. is a girl. Get yeah. away from me!" And it's <laughs> such a good opportunity to bully. And like that's almost exactly what happens to Ralph. Like. No one likes him, and he he's so sad. And 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 it's re- you do feel for him in that scene, absolutely. And um, it also starts off with Valentine's Day, obviously, but with Homer and Marge. And Marge <laughs> has done this elaborate cooked Homer breakfast bacon, spelling out "I love." 
love you. Yeah. And Homer's forgotten the present once again. He has no idea what the occasion it <laughs> Take is. Take a stab at it. Yeah, guess it's Valentine's Day. And then you Valentine's. see him run upstairs and fall down a ladder <laughs> off the roof the of the house. The drainage pipe. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good there. And I think another statement about the education at Springfield is um, when Miss Hoover wants um, them to make the paper baskets and Lisa just goes, isn't that just pointless busy work? And Miss Hoover just goes, bingo, or whatever, <laughs> whatever she says. Lisa's another big one in this episode. Julia, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Lisa in this episode because I think there is a lot to say about her and it is our first look at her as a character. She is very um, palmed off a lot. Well, I guess Lisa sort of represents a really important sort of struggle that I guess a lot of people may experience. It can be male, it can be female. You know, unrequited love is a really complicated thing. And I guess in some ways she's a little bit of a feminist icon because, you know, she you don't really have to be nice to someone and to say no, and she's being pestered, despite us feeling sympathy for Ralph, you know, she's being pestered by him. There is this whole thing surrounding you have to be polite to someone or you yeah, feel well, like she... you need to be nice, and she just sort of went, you know what, I've had enough. She goes about it the right way at, at first, especially, though, where um, she just says, hey, Ralph, I'm not I- I'm not ready for this kind of thing, which is fair enough. They're eight <laughs> yeah. years old. Uh, not all of us can have girlfriends with her, right? <laughs> but, like, it, it's definitely right, and then... When Ralph, like, I think we feel sorry for Ralph more because he he's stupid, and you feel sorry that Lisa's kind of, in a way, used like she doesn't want to go to the crusty celebration thing, but she does want to go, but she doesn't want to go with Ralph, and there's that kind of thing as well. But then, of course, Lisa publicly humiliates him on live TV, which is very difficult for Ralph to deal with, and that's where you get the great scene where Bart just sort of comes in and says. You can pinpoint the exact moment his heart breaks here. Yeah, um, well, it's a difficult situation, I'm guessing, to be in. Because you are trying to be nice to this person. He is, they are friends. But, yeah, if one person's feeling this way, it's really difficult, especially for Lisa, as a, yeah, eight years old. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff to go through. You can't help but feel sorry for Ralph, again, looking at the way that relationships are originally set up at the beginning of the film. You see, like, Homer Marge, you see Apu trying to sell off this expired box of yeah. chocolate that he, like, dusts. <laughs> You know, wipes the dust off of it. $100. And then, you know, Ralph's misled by his dad when he asked for advice. So I guess he's sort of putting his position... Gotta be persistent. That's right. That's actually really cool. It's a really good point because a lot of the rest of the episode, Valentine's Day is sort of portrayed as this consumer kind of thing and, like, with, with Apu and all these other things. But Ralph... It really matters to Ralph that Lisa took the time to write him the Valentine's Day card. And that's something really big for him. And, that, like, obviously that's why he gets the crush on her. The end half of the episode is, is amazing. I love how one of the most touching moments in this episode is when Ralph is looking into the fireplace live on stage and he throws the, the choo-choo-choo-you card into the fire and it's, like, him letting go. It's it's very sad and you do that's where you feel the maximum sorry for Ralph. Everyone in the audience just instantly falls in love with Ralph. Patty and Selma are like crying. It's like, now that's a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think when you watch it for the first time, I originally thought that Lisa was going to turn around and regret her decision because you yeah. see the end of the show, he's backstage, Ralph signing all the signatures of the girls. All the girls want Flustering <laughs> over him. Um, and it's really interesting, again, to see Lisa stand by her guard in that to sort of, she's acknowledged and she's in control of her own emotions, I suppose. She's known from day she one that it. she just wants that friendship relationship with Ralph. And I guess she did lose her temper a little bit, but she's just trying to make sure she doesn't lead him on. And I think that's, Lisa's a very considerate person. She just had a little moment of anger, I think. Yeah, and she did it in a really good way. 
away with bringing up the card again with the let's be friends, which um, I think was a which I might brilliant add, way to do it. Both of those cards are excellent wordplay, and just <laughs> the fact that Lisa drew the choo choo choose you card in like three seconds flat, yeah. <laughs> amazing. The power of animation, but like it, it's really interesting. I think you said she's a considerate person, which is really true, and she must be feeling so much pressure as a little girl who like doesn't like this boy. Like you know, she wouldn't be used to handling those kinds of situations. And then Ralph just goes, "Yeah, Lisa's my girlfriend. I'm gonna marry her." Like what else? Would, like you wouldn't just sit there and be like, <laughs> "Bit of pressure." Yeah, we're gonna get married. Like it's it's a lot of pressure. Um, it's interesting that this is one of the first Lisa centric episodes. Like it's 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 a Lisa centric episode, kind of. But again, she's pushed aside for Ralph, really. And Lisa gets sort of palmed off a lot in The Simpsons as one of the worst characters, which is quite sad because as we like, there's a lot to her, I think, and. She, Deep down, even though she's sort of the voice of reason, she is still just a little little girl. Yeah, well, like, even when... There's this one scene that always comes back to me about just depicts Lisa perfectly, and it's like, Lisa, say a catchphrase, and like, I'll be, in, wants the, me, I'll I'll be, be in, in my room. room. Another, another really good Lisa moment, completely irrelevant. As intelligence goes up, happiness goes down. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Of course, we cannot talk about I Love Lisa without touching on two... Very special one-off characters, Rex and Sideshow Rahim. Completely forgot they were in this episode, especially yeah. Sideshow Rahim. Yeah. <laughs> I knew Sideshow Rahim was there in one episode, I just wasn't sure which one. Rex, of course, is the most passionate actor. That, Flamboyant. Yeah, and... um, such a good actor. What, what do you think of Rex, Julia? I think he's an absolute goldmine. He's one that sort of <laughs> goes down in the books. And he hasn't had a long time on The Simpsons, but his time there was important. And that's what matters. <laughs> and they don't really do one-off characters that much. No, unless I just don't. forget all of them. And there was the scene when um, at the end, during the play, where he comes in as the servant <laughs> he's like the and he's just or fuming. He's, he's so angry about it as I well. I just want to know where he's been amongst this whole episode beforehand, <laughs> in this basic elementary school setting, and then some complex, like, performed, trained and talented <laughs> actor just, like, comes from the sidelines. And, and- I love how Miss um, Hoover says Ralph on the part, fair and square, and then she she moves the blinds, and then Chief Wiggins outside taking the the bolt off her tires yeah. to make sure like she corruption. Did it. Um, and then sideshow Raheem, who's Krusty's sideshow in like the seventies. All these flashbacks. You've been quoting this all week. How long has Krusty been on the air for? Like he seems to go what back. Like, thirty nine years. Yeah, um, yeah, true. Yeah. Twenty nine years. He's singing years. a song by the Doors in one, where he's like <laughs> going crazy. And then for those who don't know, the scene with sideshow Raheem is just. Krusty has, a, like, I think a pie or a hammer. He's like, the script says I have to throw this in your face. And I wouldn't. Sideshow him just goes, I wouldn't. I think that's one of the... I completely forgot that moment existed. It's one of the best Simpsons moments. Guys, any final thoughts on I Love Lisa? None. No, uh, I, love I think it. we've got it. I love it. And, and Blank speaking of loving here. the show, I Love Lisa will be counting down the top three moments and honourable mentions straight after this. It's the Yellow Family here with Tom and Michael. <laughs> had another little gripe I wanted to raise. Yeah, that's what the show is for. Obviously, I'm, it's appearing. I know we have a segment where yeah, we air the gripes. We normally do keep it within the segment, but okay, I, I'll allow u- it. There's usually a bit of extra time at this part of the show. So <laughs> I just thought I'd, I'd throw it in outside of the segment. What but, are you thinking? But I guess if I included it in the segment, it'd take up that time anyway. But now th- that's irrelevant. <laughs> so just wanted to get your opinion. And Julia, you can weigh in on this too. Went to a party a couple weeks ago. Was I at this party? No, one of the few parties okay. that you weren't at that I was right. at. Julia was, was there. No, 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 <laughs> oh. you weren't. No, you weren't. Um, well, I, if you were, I didn't see you. Tom, you're happily married. 
You've been, <laughs> you have been for some time. When you're a single man... As a 22-year-old. <laughs> when you're a... He's not. Julia's giving us... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. I was at this party, met a girl. She was cool. Cool is um, shorthand for hot. Just saying. <laughs> no, she was cool. Yeah, Michael. I... We had a mutual friend, a girl that I work with. She was at the party. So I went up to my mutual friend and I said, oh, you know, I, I did like a little inquiry and I'm like, oh, like, what's her deal? Like, is she... What's her what's status? current status? Yeah. Or was her past? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get some background details. And my mutual friend turns to me without hesitation. She just sort of goes, yeah, she'd be into you. She's into nerdy guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's got you figured out. <laughs> so, you try to disguise it. Yeah, what, you were the ducks of IT, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this this radio IT. show by itself proves that you're a nerd. Does just it? Saying. Is it nerdy? You're talking about your favourite cartoon Julia, from the 90s. Am I, am I nerdy? <laughs> I think nerdy is cool in 2016. Oh, and by cool? Is, is this cool? Cool, I mean cool. Are we still doing yeah. cool I mean, as in hot? Or? <laughs> I mean ice, ice, baby. Cool. <laughs> Guys, anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because I wasn't sure if I should have been offended by it or not, but it's over Take now. Take it as a compliment. Take it yeah, as a compliment, absolutely. apparently, because it's apparently it's cool. Apparently this show's nerdy, by the way. <laughs> Got to launch into one of our favourite segments on the show. Primarily, Tom, because we get to turn the mics off for a bit. It's a lot yeah. easier on our half. A lot easier um. on our vocal cords. <laughs> the other people do the talking for us, and it's a little segment that we like to call... And darling, I will be counting down the... Top three moments from this week's episode. It is the top three moments from this week's episode. Tom, we always start with the honourable mentions. We have a lot of fun going through the show, pretty much. If you just want to quickly find out the gist of the show, just listen to the honourable mentions. It gets through all the important bits. As in our much. show or the episode? Listen to our show. Oh, yeah. Listen to the honourable mentions on our show. Okay. And you'll get the gist of the episode. All right. Do we want to get the gist of the episode now? I feel like we do. All right. Do you, Julia? Yes. All right. I was just wondering because, all right, we'll just get straight into it. Umo, from your secret admirer. Yeah! First, we're going to construct paper mailboxes to store the Valentines. Isn't that just pointless busy work? Bullseye. My parents won't let me use scissors. <laughs> the children are right to laugh at you, Ralph. I don't have a red crayon. Why not? I ate it. I glued my head to my shoulder. You choo-choo-choose me? It says, choo-choo-choose me. And there's a picture of a train. Yeah, nice gag. The doctor said I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I kept my finger out of there. Oh, I'd give anything to go to that show. I'd sell my firstborn son. Hey! You'll do as you're told. I like to be your friend. I think we should see other people. I know speak English. I get the idea. I'm married to the sea. I don't want to kill you, but I will. Honey! Son, whether you want to win a girl or crack a nut, the key is persistence. Keep at it and never lose your cool. <coughs> Come on, you stupid... Let that be a lesson to the rest of you, nuts! This is a travesty! Everyone knows I'm the best actor in this ridiculous school! Sit down, Rex. I will not sit down! I'm ten times the crusty fan you are! I even have the crusty home pregnancy test! What if he wants to hold hands? I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. What if he wants a kiss? I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. What if he... You don't want to know how far I'll go. Now for my favorite part of the show! What did I say? Talk to the audience! Oh, God, this is always death. I love Lisa Simpson, and when I grow up, I'm going to marry her! No! Watch this, Lise. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. You know, one day, honest citizens are going to stand up to you, crooked cops. They are? Oh, no. Have, have I set a date? <laughs> this is uh, complete lack of any 
kind of sarcasm or yeah. just... I love Chief Wiggum. I love that one. I love the persistence one. Um, moving on from Chief Wiggum, Krusty's gag, um, talk to the audience, just sums up Krusty <laughs> oh, so well. Tell. And the I'm prepared to make that sacrifice one is so funny. <laughs> Any standouts for you guys? I love the Krusty home pregnancy test. <laughs> just the fact in the first place that exists. Second yeah. of all, just Bart's... The, innocence of having one and not thinking it's a big deal, but then also his awareness <laughs> of, you know, I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. <laughs> I love the, um, just the cut as Lisa and Ralph are walking home and it's like, the doctor said I wouldn't get so many nosebleeds if I kept my finger out of there. Yeah. I quote that constantly. Oh. Do you pick your nose a lot? No, I just get a lot of nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's not about the honourable mentions, it is about the top three. And like, all of those quotes were really good, but I think the top three are really iconic quotes in The Simpsons that, like, I think me and Tom quote very regularly. Definitely. They've come up a lot, especially due to all the memes and yeah. just the sh- amount of Simpsons that is on Facebook yeah. at the moment. Do we want to start counting them down? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Number three. Mr. Simpson, the tar fumes are making me dizzy. Yeah, they'll do that. Just... Really good. Like, this is potentially life-threatening I'll to do Ralph. anything for Lisa. Anything, <laughs> eh? Make up an excuse. She's in the can. What do you want? <laughs> but, like, Ralph is potentially, like, the tar fumes are making me dizzy. That sounds really serious. And Homer's just lounging back and doesn't care at all. Absolutely really great. Getting way. more brain damage than he potentially already has. <laughs> um, shall we continue the countdown? Number two. Number two. Number two. Oh, nothing gets chocolate out. See? Very quick one, but a very, very funny gag, which I think is made funnier by Wiggum's voice. Just like, whenever chocolate is around me, or if anything happens with chocolate, it's just a perfect gag to you. And of course, Chief Wiggum knows all about getting chocolate yeah. stains. He points to his, his police you uniform and there's a chocolate stain there. We just realised we said number two like three times, and then the guy, my friend Angus, who does all the voices, by the way, said number one as well. We've got to stop doing that. Shall we go on to number one? Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So, do you like stuff? One of the best Simpsons moments ever, because, and and Tom, this is exactly you in every social situation. (laughs) If you ever find me at a party, if the conversation goes flat, or if I just don't know anything to say, this is what I'll say. It's true. Julia, are you a fan of this quote? The silence of not having anything to say is painful, and it just goes to show that Ralph is just hopelessly infatuated with Lisa, but literally doesn't know a thing about her. You know, like, you're Lisa, your name is Lisa, that's literally all I know. Do you like stuff? I need to know. I think this was a really big one when when we were kids as well, because, like, you didn't know anything when you were a kid, but that was funny. That was a very funny moment that I quoted a lot as a kid. Those are our top three moments from I Love Lisa. Let us know your top three moments as well by writing us in at facebook.com slash the yellow family or Twitter. Our handle is at the yellow family or any means of your choice. Be be creative. Yeah, be creative. We'll be right back after this. We're going to do an update on two segments, including Project Combi. It's the yellow family here with Tom and Michael. Last week on the show, and keep in mind, we've got, we're on a timer here, but last week on the show, we did introduce a brand new concept. You You sprung something on me. Um, so, for everyone who wasn't listening last week, I have a combi, bought it off eBay about three months ago, sight unseen, great decision by me, I think. A lot of people oppose it, but you sprung it on me that in the last month, minimal uses, I've gotten minimal use You've out of it. You've had no use of it. It doesn't drive. It no, doesn't run. it doesn't do that much. So you I, had the brilliant idea I of... came up with the idea, and I'll let, I'll let the segment sweeper explain it, okay? Life is a highway. I want to broadcast our radio show from Tom's Comfy that he bought off eBay at the end of the year. The segment sweeper does explain it, but basically I want to broadcast live from our radio show. From your combi. Apparently it's possible. Apparently it's possible. There are, there are two sides to this. I'm looking after the radio side, 
You're yep. looking after the combi side. We're sticking to our specialties. Absolutely. Um, it's the only way it might work. Ra- radio side, <laughs> objectively the harder side. Not much. You just have to provide the combi, which you there's have. A lot, there's a lot of work that needs to go into the combi. It currently doesn't have wheels on it. Um, there is a photo <laughs> up on, on the Facebook page to uh, to show all the listeners that as well. But yeah, look, Do you want to go first with you? Because I've spoken to the IT department. We've both CEO. done some work in the last week. Yeah. I've been to the mechanic today. Okay. Um, he's told me a couple of things. One thing is that if it was his, he would give up on it. <laughs> it is not worth it. Did he actually say that to <laughs> he you? He said, if it was me, I wouldn't be bothered. Just get rid of it as soon as you can, which uh, is very... Great confidence. <laughs> Pretty promising for the future of the combi. And he also said, as soon as I came in, it's like, look, it's as I thought, everything's wrong with it. <laughs> so, Some really great feedback there. I'm sure as a radio studio, it could work, yeah. but it may never become a drivable vehicle. Well, that works for me. Like, I didn't spend any money on it, so I'm fine with that. Um, I'll give How's you, it going on the I'll radio the side of things? I'll give you the on the radio side. And you met up with him a little bit as well, and we had the meeting with him. Did you get the impression in the meeting with him that it seemed to him to be slightly too easy to do this. Like, I thought it would be really hard, but he just sort of... He drew us a picture, a really bad diagram, which I'll put on the Facebook later as well, and then just said, yeah, so it's pretty easy, you just do this. Yep, this is how you do it. Just um, buy this out or rent it out, and you're all set. Well, guys, I think if it's going to give you that attitude, you should take it one step further and be like, you know what? We want to broadcast in the combi from the middle of the ocean. (laughs) Which is something we we did consider. (laughs) We did consider that. We thought that would be too hard. But yeah, apparently this is possible. We feel like we kind of have to do it. Unfortunately, we do. We've been We've dug ourselves way too far into a hole here, and now we're probably going to do it. And the tentative date is December 5th. Go on, Tom. It seems to work. The combi should be out of the mechanics by then. It should have... Working wheels, yeah, which the, apparently is useful. The combi will be stationary at this time. I might also <laughs> add to all the people who are writing us in saying this is exactly what Hamish and Andy did on the Caravan of Courage. Is it wrong? That was a caravan. This is a combi. Tom, are they different? They're completely different. A number of ways. Yeah, um, which is a the di- combi that's... doesn't have a toilet. <laughs> we're, sl- we're slumming it. Um, <laughs> they were living in luxury. <laughs> we we will we will have another update on co- we'll have updates on the combi every week from now on um, as we try to. There's make a lot it. of work that needs to be done. And Julia, what are your thoughts on this? Interested to hear, <laughs> guys. You know, I feel like you've really gone yourself into a pickle because even if it doesn't end up working out, which I have total confidence in you, but it's not like you can even get in the combi and drive away because at this yeah. stage it's not really actually moving anywhere. The Yellow family live to live from the combi. Um, we are nearly out of time here, but there's one more segment that we used to do on this show that we're gonna. Um, quickly give an update on, on as well um, and it's a little segment that we like to call Can I cover a feeling Could you lend me a song from the show Can I cover a feeling where we covered songs from Simpsons episodes It's we did, back We did Baby on Board We did Monorail and we did Lisa It's Your Birthday It went away for a while just yep. because it was easier for us not to do it Bit of a love-hate relationship yep. with that segment Yeah, we agree? love when we're reco- we love doing no, we it. Hate re- no, we hate doing it. We hate doing it. No. What do we love about it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really hard segment that takes a lot of our time, but it is coming back um, for at least one more, but we're pretty sure two more. One is definitely set yeah. and actually already done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's done. Yeah, we did it ages ago. We just haven't put it up. <laughs> I just need to edit the video. Let's say two weeks, I'll put that one up. And then we have a very big maybe for a second. I think it, I think we'll do it because it's really easy and I've learned all the chords. So we're very ahead. We just wanted to surprise people. Can I cover a feeling is coming back. We do have to go for a, for a song now. We're also working on trying to get some sort of advertising for the <laughs> combi thing, which could be a massive mess, but stay tuned. Watch the space. Just about to wrap up the show, we do play a little game here that the podcasters don't 
get to play along with much, but we are trying to accommodate for that. It's the song <laughs> game, which is Tom's favourite. It is. Um, I'm terrible at it because I, <laughs> I'll go too in-depth thinking I, about the theme. And I leave little hints throughout the show to, like, suggest what it might be. Um, for the for the podcasters at home, these were the songs for this week. It was Valentine's Day from David Bowie, All I Want to Do from Splash, Sad Songs, Sticky Fingers, Why Can't We Be Friends from War and Believe by Cher. And it's an you ambiguous to, theme. You try to connect it to the episode of the week, which is about Valentine's Day. Yeah. So Valentine's Day is my first guess. So love songs. It's not, it's not love songs or Valentine's Day. And I thought the giveaway for this one would be why why can't we be friends? Julia, anything? Is it the progression of Lisa and Ralph's relationship? Bam! No! Oh, wow. So it's Valentine's Day, for Valentine's Day. then All I Want to Do, because Ralph says, when I grow up, I want to marry her. Then the um, Sad Songs, when he gets his heart broken, Why Can't We Be Friends? Let's Be Friends. And then I just thought maybe Ralph still had a thing for Lisa. So do you believe in life after that love? That is fantastic. Anna, that, is that my best theme ever? I swear that was not planned whatsoever. I was sitting here on the break thinking, <laughs> yeah, I'm in the music industry. This is going to be embarrassing to be like, I have no idea. Um, Julia, well done on that. And thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been an absolutely wonderful guest. This is your chance to plug anything you do in life or otherwise. Yay, life <laughs> things. Well, guys, I am on a show called 1700. We're on Channel 31, which is sadly coming to an end very soon, so we only have two weeks left. So, you know, get on those last two weeks of community TV. It's a really important thing. Keep community radio, keep community TV. So you can check me out on Tuesdays, and we'll be on your TVs from 5pm. Very exciting. Excellent, Tom, the 411. Here's the 411. Next week, we're joined by Anthony and Aaron will be doing a little bit of a curveball looking at Space Pilot 3000 which is in fact the pilot episode for Futurama next week so going completely off board a little bit of betrayal but look it's our show we we do what we want really Michael Um, (laughs) we do whatever we want (laughs) but no we've uh, approached many been approached by many guests who said they're interested in looking into Futurama so we've decided to devote a week to it so tune in if you like Futurama uh, the future in general uh, which Michael um, and I are looking pretty bleak. We don't have much going on. <laughs> yeah. And if you like Tom and Michael, definitely stay tuned. We'll still be around. We're still here for another couple of episodes at least. We've got a few. And that's about all we've got time for. Show tonight. Don't forget, you can follow us at Facebook at facebook.com slash the Yellow Family for anything you may have missed. The podcast will be up shortly. You can catch us on iTunes or any good podcasting app by searching the Yellow Family. You can also follow us at Twitter. Handle is Tom. Oh, you got me. It's, Yellow Family. It's at the Yellow Family. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes, preferably five stars, and go and like our Facebook page. Really helps us out. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically all for the show tonight. Tom, Julia, any final words? Thanks so much for listening, guys. That's what I usually say. Now I have nothing to say. Thank you so much for listening to the show tonight. Have a fantastic evening. Take care. Bye.